0: Welcome. This is Anastasia Glova bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Be sure to log on to our website, www.cato.org, for a full archive of our podcasts as well as many other audio offerings. At yesterday's Tory party conference, party leader David Cameron delivered a speech that promised to unify and clarify the conservative message to the British electorate. A new rebranding is underway in the Tory bid to win back the majority as they move closer to centre and, ironically, closer to the new Labour opposition. How can voters know right from left? Here to sort it out a bit is Cato's Director of Media Relations, Jamie Detmer, who has previously worked as both a journalist and broadcaster, serving on the staffs of the Times of London and the Sunday Telegraph. What was on the agenda this week for Conservatives at the party conference?
1: For the party managers to further define their new leader, David Cameron, for the British electorate, to try to continue the process of persuading British voters that the Conservatives are ready to be an alternative in government to Labour. There's a subtext here as well. They're trying to make themselves appear the party of the future as opposed to the party of the past. So we've had some very bizarre things for conservatives that we haven't really associated with them in the past of Cameron, the party leader, trying to embrace the MySpace generation, the YouTube generation. He's even got a website where you can see him in the morning making breakfast for his family before he goes off to the office. He himself has been talking about Labour being the party of the past and the Conservatives now should embrace sunshine values. So it's a party that's trying to position and reposition itself as a modern party ready for government.
0: At the same time, the Labour Party, under Blair's leadership, has moved centre-right and more free market. So what is left there to distinguish the two?
1: Well, it was very odd listening to the party conference this year in Bournemouth for the Conservatives. There were times when one could have thought one was listening to the Labour Party of the past. You had Cameron talking about the importance of the environment and he wants new green legislation. You could talk about the greening of the Conservatives. At the same time, he's been talking about his highest priority is to protect and develop the National Health Service. He says that this is his main priority. We've not heard that from a Conservative leader for a long time. There are other areas as well which appears that there's not much between them. For example, Cameron is absolutely determined not to listen to, if you want, the right wing of his party and libertarians within the party for tax cuts. He talks about that being pie in the sky and that sound money and stability comes first. And if the economy continues to do well, then there can be tax cuts in the future. But he's very determined to stay away from tax cuts. Now, in one sense, this is kind of worrying for libertarians and for people who believe very much in the Thatcher Revolution, that there's this blurring going on in the centre. But first of all, Cameron is certainly trying to move the Conservative Party to the centre because that's where the swing votes are. Make it more appealing for those swing voters. What Cameron appears to be doing is making an electoral Tactical decision about moving towards the centre. That's what an outside viewpoint would be that this isn't a party that's forgetting its roots, the Thatcher roots of classical liberalism and of libertarianism. But one of the worries for anyone who is a libertarian is if the party moves too much towards the centre, does it lose sight of its ultimate goal that it wants to further the market and globalisation and free trade? Add a quick lick as opposed to just kind of following where it is now. Are they going to be adventurous and courageous in passing more pro-market policies? Or is their purpose merely to get elected to government? It isn't as though he is getting rid of the Thatcher Revolution. I mean, if you go back to the 1940s, the Attlee Socialist settlement by the Clement Attlee government in the 1940s well outlasted the Labour government in the 1940s for another 30 years. And in a sense, the Thatcher Revolution is alive and well because New Labour has also been doing very pro market, pro globalisation things, as the Conservatives will continue to do so. But there is a blurring here, and it is worrying for libertarians that the party seems to want to avoid some of the things, some of the policies that many people would believe are more of a libertarian, Thatcherite thing to do, like tax cuts.
0: So what should conservatives focus on in the coming years to gain back that majority?
1: Well, electorally, it's a smart thing of Cameron to be moving to the centre. Absolutely. But if they're really going to start defining themselves as being different from Labour, instead of it not just being, you know, new Labour, new Conservative, and there's not much between them, then one area he could go, and I'm interested to see if we start seeing them develop policies along these lines, is to start going further down the road of devolution and localism and choice. One of the problems with the Thatcher administration was that theoretically, in principle, Thatcher accepted the ideas of freedom and liberty, individual liberty and economic liberty. But like any politician, she also had an instinct for control. And one thing that the Thatcher revolution left Britain with was a gathering of power to central government in London. She partly had to do that politically to see off Labour local councils, the trade unions, other militant groups that were challenging the Thatcher Revolution. But it was also an instinct of hers that she liked to control. Under New Labour we've seen this continuing gathering to the centre of unelected agencies of what are called in Britain quangos. And one area the Conservatives, I think, could go, one route they could take, which could be very effective, is to offer the electorate more local government, more local choice. There are already some people in the Conservative Party arguing for that development of policy. A very important and influential British journalist, Simon Jenkins, has made it the theme of his latest book, for example. And it could be one way that they go. One of the problems that Cameron may well confront as he goes towards the centre is that he does leave behind some basic core principles of the Conservative Party and of libertarians in the United Kingdom. He could lose sight of where he's meant to be going eventually. The other problem for him is if this is just a tactic of going to the centre... And that when the Conservatives look like they're more electable, suddenly when they're in government, they unleash policies that they had not talked about, which were more libertarian. There is a danger that the electorate feels that they've been had. And in some ways, that's what has happened with New Labour, that in some ways, what they presented themselves as at the beginning... As time went on in government, they didn't actually deliver. They delivered more left-wing policies. For example, Gordon Brown, the most likely successor to Tony Blair, has been stealthily raising taxes in the UK now for several years. And the tax burden, in fact, this winter was greater in Great Britain than it was, amazingly, in Germany, which has had notoriously high taxes.
0: If choice means privatisation, then that seems like political suicide. National Health Service, for example, looks like it's there to stay.
1: Oh yes, in the National Health Service there's absolutely no way that any leader left-wing, right-wing can denationalise the health service. This was a point that Margaret Thatcher used to make, and she used to make it to the president of this institute, Ed Crane, when they discussed the National Health Service. It's like in U.S. politics, or has been in the past like U.S. politics, if you want, the third rail. Here it's been social security. Bush did have the courage to start trying to go down that road for individual accounts, but there's no one really who can do that with the NHS in the United Kingdom. But there are other areas where, and we're not really talking about so much privatisation when we talk about choice, we're talking about more devolved power, not just for Scotland and Wales who have devolved assemblies already, but also for local government to have more control. A lot of local government prerogatives were taken away in the 1980s by Thatcher because a lot of the councils were then controlled in key cities by the Labour Party. And a lot of people are crying out for local government to have more control. So there could be more experiments in lots of areas of social service provision, for example. And More private-public partnerships as well.
0: What about the Labour Party? What's next now that Gordon Brown is no longer really the obvious successor?
1: I'm not sure I agree with you that Gordon Brown isn't the obvious successor. He's a man who's got enormous clout within the Labour movement. He has enormous power as a finance minister and I still think he has to be considered the heir apparent and the front-runner. He is, however, not looking as good as he was a few months ago, particularly by comparison to Cameron, who comes across as a sunny, modern figure, whereas Gordon is a little bit grim and, and dark and brooding. But it is an interesting question about where New Labour goes post-Blair, and I'm not too sure they actually know. Gordon Brown is more a figure of the past, Certainly he will continue to have a high tax regime. Certainly he is not a man who wants to devolve power away or provide choice or more local power. And he may in many ways bring the party a little bit further away from the centre from where it's been, which would feed very well for Cameron's Conservatives. But there is a strong new Labour movement within the Labour Party. The major think tank in the UK now has to be considered Demos, which is a new Labour think tank, which is thinking of new policies for a post-Blair world. Labour's got the choice that it either goes back to a kind of more brown-like old Labour past or that it continues as a centre-left, if you want, Social Democratic Party, which is pro-market, pro-growth, pro-globalisation, pro-free trade. And that's going to be an interesting battle to see in the next few months.
0: This has been Cato Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening.